Welcome to the Ride With Us podcast, presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, the world's largest ride enthusiast organization dedicated to the appreciation, promotion, and preservation of roller coasters around the globe. So please keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times as we welcome your hosts, Jessica Gardner and John Davidson. Welcome to the Ace Ride With Us podcast, and I am here with John, who is being very cryptic about something that he got to do last week, a special experience. John, tell us about it. Oh, I have to be cryptic because I got to save the good conversations for the podcast. Ace Midwest got a call from Indiana Beach because they had a couple of private events. They needed help for write-ops. So believe it or not, I got to be a full-fledged ride-up and run multiple rides over the weekend. What? What do you mean that you got to be a ride-up? Like, just, I, you just got to hit a button or like, were you really in charge? Because I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, defined in charge. So just to kind of walk through it a little bit, we had an hour-long training. We went through all the safety mechanisms, how to check all of the seatbelts, how to check all of the restraints. And we were, we were paired up with leads. So it wasn't like the, uh, all the ACE members were by themselves, but it was really interesting. I got my first position was at Cornball, which is a wood roller coaster. And it was super exciting. But to your previous question, after that, they were comfortable with me checking on the secondary panel, I did get to operate the ride. No way. I got to press all of the buttons, <laughs> all of the buttons, all the buttons. <laughs> How did you do? I did good. So, so of course, I am rating myself. I rate myself very high. <laughs> I have to uh, ask, what surprised you about this experience? Did anything surprise you? I would say my biggest surprise, and we'll get to this in the interview, because I'm going to interview Nick, who was another ACE member that we got to co-operate a ride with. But uh, I think my biggest aha or surprise was I got to deal with all the customers when uh, the ride went down. Oh my gosh. Oh no. So no, nothing wrong. No, no safety issues, but just sensor malfunctioning. So I got to stand at the bottom and be that nice person who says, oh, I'm sorry. The ride's down right now. We're trying to get it back up. And I have a new appreciation <laughs> for what the ride ops and the, uh, and the operators go through when they really are. I mean, maintenance was trying hard to get the ride back up. Everyone's rushing. So it was a new appreciation for how hard the parks try to make sure all of those rides stay open the entire day. I can only imagine. I have to admit that I often feel bad for ride operators and cast members, theme park team members, when a ride goes down and you have to be the person to tell that family who's taken the time to be there that they're not going to be able for the moment to ride this ride. So who I do not, that's part of it I would not want to do for sure. But hitting the button and making the ride go, heck yeah, I want to do that. I want to know how it all works. So is that what this interview goes into? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about everything from uh, I got to be the test person. So, you know, we always have the one person who rides the ride before it opens yeah. uh, all the way through. We had a fantastic once the sun went down and we were the last hour. You start to have like the hardcore people just rewriting. It's just, yeah. it's just great. It's just it was just a great experience. Awesome. Did you have to deal with any code V? <laughs> Do you know what I mean when I say code V? We, so ours was 
a different code number. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, so there is a code for getting sick on a ride. I did not have to deal with okay, any. They have a different code for that. But they yes, do. there was different codes. And yes, I know what all the codes are. <laughs> but luckily, thank goodness, did not have to deal with any of that. Okay, good. <laughs> well, then let's hear it. I can't wait. Nick, it was amazing to run into you. I wouldn't have thought I would run into you twice at Indiana Beach. Yeah, I, I think this is the first uh, year I've actually been to Indiana Beach uh, multiple times. Moved down here in 2017, and I actually did Indiana Beach to the, for the first time until it's reopening in 2020. I kind of screwed that up a little bit by not getting there sooner because it, it is a really, uh, it is a charming little boardwalk park in, uh, in the middle of the cornfields. So it was kind of cool to get there. I mean, that is their tagline. There's more than corn in Indiana. It, well, there, there's not a whole lot besides corn in the middle of Indiana, but uh, you have this boardwalk uh, <laughs> uh, out of nowhere that appears. And it, it, uh, so do you mind painting a picture of Indiana Beach for everybody who hasn't been there and wasn't at the ACE event where I first met you? Sure. Indiana Beach is located in the town of Monticello, Indiana, which is probably about 45 minutes northeast of West Lafayette or where Purdue University is located. So once you get off of I-65, which is the closest road to get there, you're going through literally cornfields for 20 plus miles out of the way to try to find this place. The main entrance is located at the South parking lot. There's this big bridge that you cross over the water to get to this boardwalk. So you go down to this bridge and you see the Hoosier hurricane just kind of like spanning the entire length of the boardwalk. So you get a nice welcome of a classic wooden coaster boardwalk feel where you've got a lot of older vintage rides kind of along the, uh, the waterfront there. You kind of go to the one side of the park where you've got more of your roller coasters, your Cornball Express, Tiger, um, Steel Hog, and soon to be the uh, American Dryer Loop up more towards the north side of the boardwalks. To get to the main roller coasters, they kind of want you to walk along that boardwalk. Yeah, it is amazing that they have a boardwalk park in the middle of a small community in the middle of Indiana. And I think the the only thing that I would add is that Indiana Beach is on, I, I don't want to say a peninsula because that kind of makes it sound bigger than it is, but Lake Monticello it's it's right there, like all on the water. And when you were talking about the rides, a couple of the roller coasters just go out over the water and some of the track supports are even in the water. So right. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But the reason why we're here is because you and I ran into each other again, ironically, at Indiana Beach, because we were both there for a ACE helping event. So bring everybody up to speed. Because I got the same email you did, and it basically said, Indiana Beach needs your help. So what did they need us to do? About a week and a half before we met up, it was it was at night. I was probably watching some show on TV. I got an email from Ace, and Indiana Beach had contacted Ace asking, hey, for the last couple of weeks of the season, we need some help with ride operations. So would any of your people be interested in being a ride operator? And for me, I work full-time as a structural engineer, so doing ride operations, for me at least, 
never has really been in the cards and I didn't think it ever would be in the cards, but seeing that it's like a one weekend opportunity, I was like, this is my chance to finally at least see what it's like on the other side of that. So as you mentioned, we both agreed to this and uh, we met up, but uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to uh, see what it was like on the other side. So just to add a little bit of context, we're hitting the end of the season. So any college workers, any anybody who had a quote unquote summer position was going back to school. So we were kind of like the relief that comes in just to help tail the end of the season. So to your point, I can't think of another time I would ever have the opportunity to be a write-up. So I'm going to drive to Indiana Beach and I'm going to do this. So we get there. We didn't even know we were both doing it. We ran into each other in training. We show up really early in the morning. What was it? Two, three hours before the park opened? Yeah, actually about two hours. You're right. Um, it was about two, two. hours because the event didn't start for another hour after the rides were supposed to open that day and everything. So we get there at probably like 9.30 in the morning or something along those lines. And all the uh, full-time workers are there. And we go to the uh, human resources and we got our polos and everything. And we were getting ready to get our assignments for what we were going to do that day. Yeah. So kudos to Indiana Beach. They gave us polos with the logo. They gave us hat. So we fit, fit in with everybody else. And we get in this big huddle. And they are literally assigning rides and ride ops that morning for the rides we're going to ride. And they turn to us ACE members and we said, and they say, we're going to give you priority. What rides do you want to run? And I thought that was crazy. And the reason they did that is because we're not allowed to operate a ride without a lead. So they'd only put us on certain things matched with somebody who is going to be willing to, or Sorry, was certified to train us that morning. So I got cornball. And what ride did you start off with? Um, I started off with Hoosier Hurricane. And actually, uh, later on, I'll tell you about the second day because you weren't there for the second day. And I actually had uh, quite a, an experience the second day that was a little more intense than the first day. Uh, All right. Well, stay tuned because it's going to get better. So we start, we start off and we both go to our are assigned rides. And so I had a lead training me and you had probably had a lead training you. So I'll just walk through my experience. She walked me through all the controls on both the panel and the secondary panel. She walked me through all the safety, how to check the restraints, all of the pieces. And she gave me this kind of short little quiz. I would say from beginning to end, somewhere in the neighborhood of an hour of training. So that's kind of the experience. And for those of you guys on the podcast, you're shaking your head. Yes. So Nick had a similar situation. So just to kind of let everybody know, both of our rides just happen to be the exact same controls, the exact same situation, all the same processes. So you and I were both trained on a ride where we can back each other up, which actually lead into what was more fun later in the day. So how was your first hour, your training, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think what helped with the two coasters that we did, both Hoosier Hurricane and Cornball Express, is that they're both they're both fairly easy rides to check. They just have your buzz bar, lap bar, so it's not even like one of those restraints that comes down onto your lap. It just kind of comes down to a certain point, and they just try to lift it up to uh, make sure that it doesn't come up, and then you check everybody's seatbelts, uh, which was probably 
I found to be the more difficult part of that, uh, that morning, but uh, training I thought was, uh, fairly straightforward being more older ride by CCI, the control panels I thought were straightforward for the most part, at least for me, I was on the other side, the secondary operations, which is just basically holding the other button at the same time, the main controller is holding the button to dispatch the rides and everything. I think it, it training went pretty straightforward and I think pretty seamless into the uh, actual day of operations there. So let's, let's walk through this in detail for us ACE members, because we're all kind of a little coaster nerdy, right? So I think the Indiana beach philosophy is you not only have to check the restraint, but when you check the seatbelt, you actually tug the loose section of the seatbelt to to make sure. So ironically, I learned some stuff because I thought that was a little overkill, but I had multiple times where I was able to unhook the seatbelt just by tugging on the loose strap. So by the end of the day, I was convinced that that philosophy or that process was actually value add for the safety of the people who are there riding the rides. Right. No, I I definitely think it gives um, both a sense of ease to the the riders themselves that, hey, you're checking the restraints, even though some of them may have felt that that was a little more unnecessary, for lack of a better term. Part of the uh, process is, and part of make keeping the safety of the riders and checking the seat belts, I think was definitely a, a key step, especially when you have a, a lap bar that's not tucked up against your body. If, if that lap bar comes, uh, or if that lap bar comes undone, then nothing's holding you in, but those seat belts at that point. So I think it's definitely critical. And most ACE members are familiar with buzz bars, but basically if you're not sure what we're talking about when we say buzz bars, the bar comes down to a certain point and locks there. We do double check each other. So we were required to be on the opposite side of the person who we're running the rides with. So both pull up on the buzz bar to make sure it didn't come up, both check the individual sides. And then once we got to the end, we would press our safety, do the scan. And then we hold in on that, basically the big green button, you know, like there's not much to that, right? But at any point, if we thought something wasn't safe or we didn't check something, you let go of the button and it automatically stops the coaster. You literally have to hold the button the entire time the train releases. That's correct. And I, at least for me, um, it was pretty seamless throughout, throughout the day. I don't think there was one point where I needed to release the um, big green button for lack of a term. No. But yeah, you have, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. only time, the only time I did is because I messed up (laughs) and then we had to recheck the the chain before he said it. So that was entirely my fault. I started the first two, three hours, a little nervous. Then I got more comfortable. And then you start to get in a rhythm where you check and start to see the people who are rewriting and the people who would automatically hold their seatbelt end up for you to check. So it was, it was fun to do all that. When did you feel comfortable? Roughly how many hours in were you started to get failure? comfort level increase? Um, I think it was probably, so, so I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll say what day it was. It was the day of the annual beer festival that they have at Indiana beach. So everyone at the park was over 21 years old. So one aspect that we didn't really have to worry about that day was checking rider heights. So, um, that's one less thing we had to really worry about. Fair, Um, fair, fair. So to, to your point, everyone was 21. Everyone was an adult. We didn't have any kids in the park that day. So, so that was a pretty relaxed, well, let's, well, we won't say relaxed, but it, but it was relaxed, it, but it, it left, it left a few things off the plate that we didn't have to worry about. Let's just say that. Right. I, I agree. Um, so yeah, so 
So one of the things I was concerned about, honestly, because it was the beer fest day was a lot of times alcohol and roller coasters don't go hand in hand together. So my worry was, okay, what if somebody gets sick at this park? And um, thankfully it kind of, as the day went along, it kind of seemed like I was seeing how everybody was acting. And of course there's people that have been drinking alcohol. So there was some banter going on the whole time, but it didn't seem like there was anybody that got to the point where, okay, they're really belligerent and going to cause a problem. So that's kind of around that point where a couple hours into the event where I saw everybody's getting to where they're going to be today. That's kind of where my comfort level was like, okay, this is getting a little bit easier. And honestly, in terms of the ride check, it was pretty easy after the first couple of cycles. It was just kind of like understanding, okay, all most of these people aren't going to put their seatbelt strap up for you. You're going to have, at least for me, you're going to have to reach down and get, get the seatbelt stress, which of course some people aren't going to, we're going to leave you some comments about that and everything, but you got to do what you got to do for the safety check and everything. That's right. After I felt comfortable, I would say a couple hours in also, I pressed on my lead to say, Hey, am I comfortable enough to run the main panel? And she was awesome. Said, sure. And she switched me, so I got to run the main panel, which means I'm releasing the train. Shouldn't I have to stand by the panel if anything happens? They always say if the coaster catches on fire, which really they don't really catch on fire. But you had the e-stop. If you're behind the panel, you don't relax and talk with the with the folks in the queue. You you literally have to stand by the panel till that next train comes all the way into the station. And you release the, the lap bars. So there was a little more to run in the, the panel, but it was really kind of fun because you're the one kind of giving the spiel. You're the one kind of yelling. And you actually later, when we started working together, were accusing me of not being very loud in my speeches. <laughs> so uh, did, when did you uh, hop on the panel? Um, I think I hopped it on. I only hopped on for a couple of cycles, probably towards the middle of the day, but then towards like the last couple of hours is when I really hopped on the main panel and everything. And I don't think it was more because I was uncomfortable doing it at that point. The guy who I was working with, great guy and everything. He was awesome. And yeah, we'll, no, we'll, we'll get to him because I ended the night with you and him running because I had a little bit of a problem on Cornball Express. So I started on Cornball Express. We had a couple of times where the train overshot to kind of put this in perspective, nothing unsafe, but if the train does not stop, and we're talking like a half an inch over the sensor, then you pretty much have to call maintenance to release the train. So as ride ops, we're not allowed to dispatch if everything in the computer is not correct. We're not allowed to release if everything's correct. So cornball started to be a little too fast and that happened a couple of times. So I got to be the ride up that sits at the entry point and tells everybody, I'm sorry, we don't know when the ride's going to be back available. Please try back. You know, have you, tr- have you ridden Tigers yet? So it was just one of those deals where, where I got a strong taste for what it must be to be a ride up when you have literally a couple of maintenance guys doing their darndest and throwing it out to all the means guys at Indiana Beach. They were doing their best to try to get Cornball back up. But after a couple hours, 
it got to be the dinner shift and they start looking for people to backfill or take shifts for somebody else. And since I was only trained on these two rides, I came over to your ride to let you guys have your lunch dinner break. Since Cornball never came back up, I got to hang out with you the rest of the night and it just started to be even more fun from then. Yeah. And one thing I'll say, I'm a little jealous of you because uh, every time that uh, Cornball went back up, uh, you were the beneficiary who got a test ride to uh, go around there again. So I, I saw you probably five or six times that day <laughs> uh, with your arms up in the air. Of course, that's all right. Ride operation. <laughs> I, yes, I got to do the safety ride multiple times on Cornball. I want to say I had like four, no, no, maybe had like six or seven Zen rides on Cornball as they were testing it. So I was definitely eager to volunteer. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm jealous of you on that one. I, I got my one test done on Hoosier Hurricane in the morning. Besides one time where the lap bar was being a little funny, not locking, uh, Hoosier Hurricane didn't really go, go down at all that day. So uh, I unfortunately did not get to have my Zen rides that uh, uh, when the ride came back operational. And not only that, you got the better ride of the two, in my opinion. So um, I'm a little well, jealous. You have the better view, though. You got the better view, but uh, um, <laughs> it doesn't make up for the uh, the lack of airtime and the, uh, the laterals of a good CCI roller coaster, which uh, Hoosier Hurricane kind of lacks in both departments on that front. Cornball, I think, personally, is by far the superior coaster of the two. Yeah, so I'm a little jealousy about that, but uh, I is what definitely, I would definitely agree of the two. I prefer Cornball after the dinner time. So I relieved you so you could take a break. And then I relieved Jeffrey so he could take a break. And then he came back and we, you and I were not allowed to, not allowed to operate Hoosier Hurricane by ourselves. We had to have him stay. And we were so close to the end of the night. You and I, I just want to say we hit our, I don't know, it's just so much fun. You had one side, I had the other side. And when the night went on and it kind of thinned out a little bit more and all the people on the coaster in the last couple hours. I mean, they were enthusiasts, they were excited, they were having fun, and then we started swapping. So since there was three of us, one of us could ride whenever there was an open spot. And whenever the back was empty, I was I was volunteering to be that person that hopped on the train. And it was just so much fun having you on one side, me on the other, and we're running up and down. I mean, we really hit our stride that night. So oh, I had I had an absolute blast. Oh, I had a blast myself, John. Like like we said at the beginning, I mean, this was an experience that uh, I didn't think I'd ever have. Personally, I know it sounds like you didn't think you'd ever have this opportunity. And it was just kind of like, um, by the time the end of the night came along, it seemed almost natural at that point. Like we knew what we were doing. We'd done so many cycles throughout the day because the crowds were kind of lightening up and uh, all the people who had pretty much been drinking the whole time had more or less left. It kind of made the night a little more easy and really enjoyable for those last couple of hours. Yeah. And you and I were like checking seat belts and rushing down I me. Mean, like it was a lot of fun. So I had a blast. I was so glad I got an opportunity to do it. But unfortunately, I had something to do on Sunday, so I couldn't stay. It was really amazing that Indiana Beach threw up the option. If you wanted a campsite, they would let you stay and you could work both Saturday and Sunday. I didn't have that opportunity because of uh, previous engagements, but you got to do that. So you got to check out the campsite and everything. The campsite is, it's your typical 
campsite who's got, it's, it's very basic. You got your site locations, you got these areas where that's specialized for tents. There's areas specialized for more RVs and everything like that. So, um, I had a tent and I actually borrowed a tent from a, from a coworker. So, I mean, it's um, the basic KOA. If you're in the camping scene or the RV scene at all, it's the base care, nothing special, but, but it was cool that they allowed you to put that up. So Sunday, I'm assuming. Uh, you got to do more than just the coasters. So what else did you get to do? So Sunday. So first off, Saturday into Sunday, it, there were some downpours. It was it was pouring rain. I actually took down the tent Saturday night and I slept in the car all night from Saturday. <laughs> no, you, Sunday. no, you didn't but, tell me this. <laughs> and I, I I have a Hyundai Elantra, though it's not exactly a big car either. So I had maybe the worst night of sleep in my life going you to recline a chair. You just decided to SUVRV it, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> that's all, that, was, that is awesome. Yeah. Look, so that was brutal. So Sunday morning, um, it was raining for a good chunk of Sunday morning. And when I got to the park, I got assigned Lost Coaster, which for those of you who don't know, Lost Coaster is one of the weirdest uh, rides you will ever see. It's kind of like, You've got two cage cars and it's like a wooden wild mouse, essentially. So you get brought up on elevator lift hill and you kind of do all these tight turns through this mountain and everything. It's, it's one of the weirdest and neat rides I've ever been on. So, and you got to help run, help run it. Well, so here's what happened in order for lost coaster to run, you have to have a minimum of six people on the trains and it had been raining in the morning and that is a coaster that is not allowed to operate in the rain because there's a couple of drive tires that have to propel you up back to the station. So we got to a point where it hadn't been raining for probably 45 to an hour. And the supervisor came along and said, okay, the tires look pretty dry. Let's get all the employees in the area around and get them onto lost coaster and uh, take it for a test ride, which I was part of that group of eight that rode it and the drives, the tires were not dry at that point. So we actually <laughs> rolled, rolled back at the end of uh, lost coasters. So that is a rollback oh, so credit. So you get, you get a, and rollback and evac, and right? evac <laughs> rollback and evac credit on lost coaster. So I was quite enthused about that. So then maintenance had to come by and start drying everything off. But by the time they had dried everything off. The rain had come back. So everything that had been dried off was damp again. So I was pretty much sitting around. And then the supervisor came around and said, okay, how about you try the paratrooper flat ride? So what that ride is, it's a very old school ride and it entails it. So it's one of those rides where you kind of got a bunch of two seat gondolas in a circle. And at a certain point, it kind of lifts up at an angle. So you're kind of going up at an angle over the water and everything for old school ride. It had a manual brake and it's available at most, most fairs you go to. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you've been to a fair and you've seen a paratrooper, it is the exact same ride. It is literally the same ride. And what made this ride interesting is because it was old school, you had to physically count the cycles each time so you had to count <laughs> the number of times the cars went around in a circle at any any cycle so i did like, not realize it was that manual so you're literally there you're saying one two 
I'm literally starting up the ride. I'm counting the cycles for it to essentially speed up. Then I'm lifting it up, so funny. counting the cycles for it to go around in the main cycle. Then I got to count a couple of cycles for it to start slowing down. And then I got to drop it and then manually break it, which. Wow. Was, uh, no, no programming. That's, an, that's amazing. It was, it was, yeah. And this one, I had to actually take a physical test after learning the first five times on this ride. So, um, so this was kind of intense that they, uh, had me go off to the side and physically take an exam to, uh, to operate this ride, which of course I, thankfully I passed and, uh, um, was able to run it for the rest of the day. But uh, unlike Saturday, Sunday was the day that Indiana beach hosts that corporation. So bunch of families, tons of little kids, tons of opportunities where I had to tell the kids and the families, I'm sorry, you're too short to ride. And of course, part of the process is, uh, um, dealing with some of the adults who don't like hearing that or are willing to fight that in any way, shape or form. And it's when you're at an amusement park, um, the rules, the rule you got, if you don't meet a certain height, you can't ride. So, um, yeah, that was safety, my safety. exact. So yeah, that was kind of my day on day two. And it, uh, it was quite, and quite more stressful I, than I, day one. I do want to paint a picture too. Not only is it safety, but this is literally sitting on the edge of a pier pretty much over the water. So the pier kind of juts out. And that entire parachute ride is hanging over the water. I mean, the safety is a, is a big concern. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The possibility of someone slipping out and falling either on the railing, separating the pier from the water or going into the water itself. You kind of have one lap bar that you lock into place um, with two methods at the end. And there is room underneath for a smaller person to potentially slip through. So there is a reason that that 48 inch uh, restrictions shown there. And again, I don't think some people understood, hey, that's a requirement and sorry to be the bad guy, but we don't want any, anybody getting hurt. The, between the two days, what'd you think? Adult only, all families. Dealing with a crowd of adults was a lot less stressful than dealing with families and um, dealing with a roller coaster, at least a roller coaster of that style was a lot easier than dealing with an old school flat ride that you have to be so focused in on that, uh, you have to literally count the cycles every single time. So any kind of distraction could cause some issues. Whereas the roller coaster, pretty much any time it got over the chain lift down to the brake run, you could kind of take it easy for a minute. At least you had a little bit of time where you kind of were a little more relaxed on the roller coasters. Whereas the flat ride, it was pretty much the whole time intensity in some way, some fashion. So yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. I had an absolute blast. Nick, thank you for coming on the podcast. Gave all of us a good taste of, for you, right up operator for the weekend. For me, it's just right up for the day. But either way, anything you want to add or anything to take us out? No, just uh, if you get a chance next season, come out to Indiana Beach, the new uh, triple loop coaster, which by the way, one of our perks should be that we should be one of the first to get on that ride now. Oh, so. yes. Maybe you and I need to touch base and we'll need to make sure we're both over there to help uh, test that out. Oh, it definitely looks amazing. I can't wait to ride it. All right. So make sure you pay attention to those ACE emails because you never know what nuggets you're going to find when you open them. Absolutely. And I'm glad I was able to link up with you there, John. So I will see you at the uh, next ACE event. Definitely.
All right, John. So after everything, what do you think? Do you think you missed your calling? Do you think that you should be working as a ride operator in a theme park? I, w- I would say it was a fantastic experience. I would do it again, but I don't think I missed my calling because uh, <laughs> I think I enjoy riding the rides much more than operating them. Yeah, for sure. But I'm sure it helped you gain a little respect. And I think it would be cool if a lot of people got to do this. You know, I definitely feel like I have a new respect for the ride operators and what they go through. And they're just trying to make sure everybody is safe. And I do think I have a better appreciation for the experience. Awesome. Well, everyone out there, if you have a question or a comment, if you were a former ride operator, we want to hear from you. Tell us what you think. Send us an email to podcast at aceonline.org. Ride With Us is produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a registered 501c3 organization. Visit aceonline.org for additional information, and we will see you at the parks.